Hello, my name is Dr. Paul Cottrell. I'm going to be talking about a documentary that I reviewed yesterday called Requiem for the American Dream by Noam Chomsky. It's about an hour long and it has 10 principles. So I'm going to be discussing, before I go over the 10 principles, just the basic concept of the concentration of wealth and power. So the main thrust of the argument within the documentary is that the, the wealth concentration is based on the ability to control the political power of the society and that there's a negative feedback loop whereby the wealthy are able to control the the taxation the regulation the the trade deals um, other aspects of society and that there's this feedback loop that takes place. So in The Wealth of Nations by Adam Smith, he mentioned that uh, merchant manufacturers, during his time, that's what he called it, today we would call them multinationals, control society. So what we're going to be doing is going over the ten principles within the the uh, the documentary. So these are the ten principles of concentration of wealth and power. So the first principle: reduce democracy. So Madison, one of the founding father, fathers of the of the Constitution, was concerned with protecting the rights of the wealthy from the from minority uh, from majority rule. So this concept of a constitutional republic and the um, protection of the minorities was really based on the idea of protecting the, the wealthy's property rights instead of the more lofty goal, goal of protecting minority uh, status, uh, let's say either of racial or of, uh, of religious um, categories from the majority. It goes all the way back to Aristotle as, as Chomsky mentions in the documentary whereby um, you know he brings up this idea of the, of the wealthy need you know needs to have some sort of control from the majority because the wealthy are not the majority they're the minority and proposed that there was going to, that you could reduce inequality there's two ways to handle this issue between democracy and inequality the idea is is that you can in the current system that we have is reduce the democracy so you can control the masses or you can reduce the inequality and therefore um, you have more of an equilibrium. So it's either reduce democracy or <laughs> reduce inequality. Now if you reduce inequality, you're actually taking away from the wealthy. So that's the, the proposal that Aristotle had. Now shape, shape ideology is principle number two because uh, Businesses were losing power, um, political plot power, in 
basically in the 1960s they uh, needed to beat this needed to beat this back so this idea of well we need to shape the ideology of the, of the country so the trilateral commission at, at, at around this time period not necessarily because of but it was around this time period where they published a a pamphlet that was called the crisis of democracy and it promoted it was promoted in the carter administration and the, basically the idea is we needed to react to excess democracy now some of the books that chomsky has written and even i would say even hitchens um christopher hitchens has written that this idea that washington consensus could um, project its power and instead of promoting democratic states around the world they would promote actually dictatorial states because it was easier to control a dictator than it was actually a democracy and the main thrust of the main reason why they were doing that was because they were afraid of nationalization of resources that were pertaining to oil gas so it was easier in terms of multinational interests to control a dictatorship um, than an, an actual democracy so this is kind of tied into that into that but because of this axis of, of democracy the trilateral commission proposed ideas of being able to curtail that and shape the ideology national interest is, is business interest and that you know other special interests need to be curtailed and that special those other special interests um, within this this trilateral trilateral framework trilateral commission framework was actually the the um, other minorities other majorities really of the society instead of the multinationals and, and, the, and the businesses now principle number three is redesign the economy and the concept is is that you shift the economy um, and that uh, there was a major shift from instead of manufacturing especially in the, the 40s and the 50s right after World War II there were manufacturing in the United States became very very uh, important as part of the economy and that was around the period of time where the middle class actually gained and, and and prospered but this was starting to lose steam in the 60s now there's been an increasing role in the financial industry um, and all the way to the Lehman crash financial industry encompassed about 40 percent of the corporate profits um, so you can see that there's an endogenous risk that, that actually builds up within a society if the financial industry starts to become too important or too strong um, for for um, for the economy and it's not it's not a healthy not a healthy experience now 
part of the reason why Lehman crashed is because of this reliance on financial innovation or you know financial engineering but um, you know they there there was a a methodical shift in the economy to move the importance of financial the financial industry um, mainly because of this financial engineering that was taking place as I said in 1950 you know in the United States, we were manufacturing based, and by the 1970s, the deregulation started in the financial sector. So this is, you know, roughly uh, late, you know, late Nixon administration, uh, going all the way into um, Ford's administration. So the economy was heavily weighted in the 1950s in manufacturing, and then by the 2000s, it was heavily weighted in financials. And as we become more and more deregulated in the financial industry and more and more reliant on the financial industry, we have a society that is, at least in terms of, of um, economics, is becoming more and more volatile. Shift the, shift the burden is the principle number four. And that's based on where, when, when we were focused on domestic production, you need to consider the labor and the consumers within the society. And then when you shift the production and possibly even the consumers to overseas, then you know, you're, you're less, it, it becomes less important understanding or con considering the domestic issues or concerns and you're more just considered for profits. So case in point here, when Ford was producing cars, he raised the wage for his employees so they could buy the to buy the vehicles. And how often do you hear that today where there's actually a company that cares about the actual employee and their purchasing power instead of the actual profitability of the company? Not realizing that there's a symbiotic relationship and that if you reach some sort of social equilibrium that both the labor force and the company do very well. And then, um, also in the 90s, there was this movement uh, shifting, shifting tax burdens where because of the deregulation of the financial industry, it became more, more speculative and then things became more volatile. For example, the savings and loan scandal that was taking place, or the debacle in that, I believe that took place in 91 um, or 90. And, you know, you had the, the uh, Lehman crash. So what happens is, is there, you have this moral hazard that starts to build up. And when the financial industry does crash, it's the private citizens society in general that actually is doing the bailing bailing out of the, the this in industry so basically the industry wants to privatize the gains but socialize the risk or the loss so this is and this is 
basically through the erosion of the purchasing of the dollar because of the printing of, of currency through this, the Federal Reserve or the taxation um, for these, these programs to, 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 to bail out. Tax, the solidarity is number five for the principles. And basically the idea in a, in a healthy society is that there's solidarity amongst its citizens. But um, the elitists prescribe mostly, at least on the aggregate, as egoists. So this idea that you can just collect as much as you, if, as you want and markets should be laissez-faire, they don't realize that they're, they're out of this Nash equilibrium and that the system becomes unhealthy. Now we're starting to, especially before Lehman, not so much right now, but you, you hear a little bit of it in debates, the presidential debates that are going on presently, um, especially in the Republican Party. Now I'm filming this in 2016, so we're going through this next election cycle. The attack on Social Security, is it Sullivan or not? So there is a quite a bit of debate going on behind the scenes. Should it be privatized? Should it be curtailed? Should your number of years of service within, even while you're working, should increase or should the taxes increase? So there's a lot of debate about this. So there's an attack on Social Security. Defunding of education is also taking place. So, so the, this egoism from the elites or this idea of attack solidarity where you're building up systems within the society to make it more equitable or, or more um, productive is being attacked by the wealthy that's concentrating power by reducing the funding of something. By reducing the funding of something, you can somewhat kill that issue or curtail it in a certain way, privatize it in a certain way where you can make money, the, the elitists can make money. So we're seeing this in the defunding of education where they're trying to privatize education, trying to privatize or destroy social security. And um, not only at the kindergarten to 12th grade level, but also in higher education, in college education. You're seeing this, the burden for the student is increasing because of uh, lack of state funding for students. Now, back in the, back during the baby boom generation, and even the GIs that came back from World War II, education was somewhat um, free. Uh, the, the burden wasn't anywhere near where, where it is now. Now, part of the reason of that is education's costs have increased because these colleges are becoming more and more um, institutions that are building large structures that cost lots of money, um, trying to build endowments. Uh, the, the system may be the system, it's not just the elitists that's causing this issue, it's also the actual schools are causing the issue, where it's less and less about the education and more and more about the institution, um, which I don't think is a healthy, a healthy experience for, for anybody. Now, 
principle six is run the regulators. So basically, by concentrating wealth and power, you can initiate, um, you can initiate or curtail or frame regulation. This is called regulatory capture, where the regulators or the industry work with the regulators to actually um, form policy. One case is when we moved to the Federal Reserve, it was the banks that were heavily, even though the banking industry was going to be regulated through the Federal Reserve, it was the banking industry that actually built the Federal Reserve on Jekyll Island. Another case in point would be um, uh, during the bailout, it was the industry, the financial industry, that was some it was ma mainly represented um, to build the regulatory framework post Lehman crash. Now, this begets the idea of too big to fail, or you know that the state has to come in. So there's this moral hazard again that, that starts to build up when you run the regulators and that you're privatizing the, the profits and you're socializing the risks. Principle number seven, engineer elections. Now, this is kind of uh, a contemporary topic because of what we're hearing in the news during this election cycle. So in this election cycle, we have um, Bernie Sanders winning in some caucuses or primaries, but not getting the majority of the delegates because of the superdelegate concept. So the rules within the different parties have curtailed it, have curtailed the system in a way where fringe candidates or populist candidates are very, it's very hard for them to be able to gain delegates. So even with Sanders, um, Trump supporters should be supporting what is happening, you know, should be fighting what is happening against Sanders because it's happening to Trump too. So the Sanders people should, should support Trump and the, the Trump people should be supporting Sanders, not because of policy, but because of what's happening in the, the electoral process. And that is that the, the rights of the voter the majority are not being heard because of special party interests making rules and regulations whereby candidates like Sanders and candidates like Trump, um, it's becoming harder and harder for them to collect the delegates to be able to win outright at the convention and it ends up being a broker convention. So this broker convention on the Republican side and this superdelegate issue on the Democrat side is, um, is, I think, antithetical to the actual true spirit of, of uh, democracy and, and uh, voter rights. So with that in mind, we, that what's going on is, is that the, the you know, cost of elections leads to the symbiotic relationship between businesses and super PACs and the actual candidates. And therefore it drowns out the, the majority 
voice and only the minority voice is heard. And it's accentuated through this, you know, party boss type mentality. In principle number eight, keep the, the, the rabble in line, the, the idea is that lab, labor unions uh, were somewhat successful throughout most of the 20th century, but started to lose steam in the 70s and 80s, especially the 80s, through uh, Reagan's um, deregulation. So, so la labor unions were natural barriers for uh, corporate tyranny, as Noam Chomsky uh, phrases it. But as the labor union starts to erode, um, corporate tyranny is allowed to flourish. Now, the idea is you reduce um, the ability for unions to coalesce and gain power, and uh, what you basically have is the ability for the minority, which is the, the corporate, you know, the, the corporate elite, to be able to control the, the workforce. So in principle number nine, manufacturing consent and this is kind of pretty powerful because it's kind of big brother where it's you have the media and and advertisement curtailing programming what you should see how you should think what you should buy turn you into this kind of like consumer autom autom automata um, to go out and, and stimulate the economy for the the corporate elites so it's Force consumerism, and it can be also uh, named as fashionable consumption. Words that that Chomsky had, and it's basically based on the advertising industry, um, and it's the idea is, is well, how do you increase profits? You know, if you're working in corporate America, how do you just keep on getting that consumer because your your uh, repeat customer is I don't know 60, 80 percent of your business. So you have to repeat, have them constantly be buying and, and gaining more debt, and even if they don't need it. And if you look at a lot of American homes, it's not um, minimalism. It is this over-consumptionism. And uh, it's, it's killing uh, um, people's lives, uh, either financially, spiritually, psychologically. Um, you don't see that many people that are trying to live a minimal minimalistic life and I, I, I'm trying to do that it's not easy in, in America but I'm, I'm trying to approach that that philosophy of of somewhat detachment from this forced consumerism now it induces it in the these um, this um, industry this ad industry also applies this force you know, forces irrational consumption or irrational choices could be also programmed in, in the campaign, the um, political campaigns, where, you know, there's a lot of noise about, are you a Democrat and are you going to be for, you know, for this or for that, or if you're a Republican, you're for, you know, fighting terror or whatever. You know, they, they're framing in these some basic... Um, ideologies and that if you're a thinking person you shouldn't be pigeonholed in these things and it kind of creates this smoky environment to, 
that where you can't really see what the real issues are because the elites don't want you really to focus on the real issues. They only want you to focus on, you know, these these uh, broad, broad brush, silo concepts. Um, so, the advertising industry, you know, also creates this this uh, uninformed electorate because of the smoke screening that's taking place. And the last principle, principle number ten, marginalize the population. The promotion of egoism um, from the elites, the idea that you shouldn't have this this collective, um, this kind of ties in or dovetails into the idea of uh, reduction of this of solidarity. Um, it's about me, and you know, don't worry about national equilibrium or living in harmony with the society or with the ecosystem, but just to to, to be egoistic. So you just marginalize this the the, the collective of the of the majority. The need to dismantle illegitimate authority. Um, this is tied into the idea that you're afraid of the population gaining legitimacy and gaining rights um, to actually reduce the wealth and the power concentration that I was mentioning earlier. So that was basically the the documentary, and I thought the documentary was very good, and uh, highly recommend it. Chomsky is getting older, so I'm not sure sure how many more of these are going to be released in the future. But to to understand his major thinking, uh, seeing this this documentary, I saw it on Apple TV. Um, was you know was an excellent thing to do. I've done a couple videos on Noam Chomsky about a surveillance state, um, and this is kind of uh, and there is a we have to realize that this concept of the minority, the, the special interests, the business special interests controlling the majority of the society is going to an even higher level through Agenda 21, world government, um, Uber government, world trade organizations and, and tra trade regions or economic unions. Um, and it's going to erode the, the majority um, sovereignty or, or self-determination. So it's important to really pay attention to what's going on. So thank you for listening and I hope you see the the documentary and uh, if you do or see this video please uh, leave some comments thank you for listening and have a nice day